Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists, and food makers, farmers, authors, and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good Sunday to you, food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. I am dedicated to great taste, and so I hope that you will tune in every Sunday for a quick fix of culinary entertainment. I am constantly traveling the globe in search of the next big thing in food. And so on this show, we sift through ingredients, food news, and pop culture to bring you emerging cuisines, culinary trends, and great gastronomic thinkers. You'll hear all about food, wine, and mixology, health, travel, tech, and more, because it's my goal to feed your soul. So I hope you'll open your mind, expand your palate, and listen in for the next hour to gain delicious knowledge on the wonderful world of food. We do have a full plate coming up, in fact. I am very delighted because it's been way too long that my longtime friend, the amazing storyteller in the kitchen, Chef Nick Stellino, is stopping by. And yes, he does cook the best Italian food. You know him from his PBS series, over the past 20 years, and we are celebrating him coming up in a little bit. Also, we're drinking wine all the time with Marissa A. Ross. So we'll help you pick the perfect bottle and fill your glass. Just don't touch your dial. You can always find me serving up seconds at chefjamie.com. And on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you'll find my daily dish at Chef Jamie Gwen. Okay, let's have a sweet conversation to kick off today's show, shall we? We wait every summer with great anticipation to sink our teeth into that sweet, juicy, fragrant, sun-ripened peach where the juice runs down your chin, right? And I'm the person, by the way, that touches all the peaches and squeezes all the grapes during the summer season to find those that are bursting with the most juice. I happen to love the summer inspiration of fresh fruit, and stone fruit is at its peak. Peaches are prevalent and perfect in hand pies and sorbets and crostadas, and they're so sweet. And there are grapes, by the way, that abound right now, big bunches of crisp, sweet, green goodness, almost as good as I've ever tasted. And by the way, that's all about the bricks. So this is what you need to know about summer fruit, and you will soon be a culinary hero because you'll know all about bricks. Okay, the bricks level, B-R-I-X, is used in the food industry to measure the approximate amount of sugar in fruit. It's actually determined by something called a refractometer, and you often see winemakers using a refractometer in the fields when you see photos of vineyards. It's sort of a telescope-looking contraption that uses a speck of the fruit's juice to measure the bricks level. Now, different fruits have different bricks concentrations, and ripeness levels vary for fruits ranging from everything from apples to watermelons. Now, this season's peaches are registering at about 17 bricks level, and the U.S. average is only 12.8 
So needless to say, you are in for a treat. Now, once you've bought up a bevy of peaches, here's what I think you should make. I think you should make fresh peach bellinis or grill some peaches with blue cheese as a starter, you know, crumbled blue over the caramelized peach. Oh, yes. Uh, Maybe you serve those grilled peaches with chicken or pork, or you make a peach caramel upside down cake, or you make my three-minute peach gelato. Yes, you do it in the food processor. It's super simple, and the recipe is posted at chefjamie.com. Now, if you find some grapes that are full of goodness, why not freeze them and use them as ice cubes in your cocktails? Or you could grill them on the vine and serve them with a cheese platter. Or you could make the very best grape salad. Or you could make a rustic grape tart. Now, back to grilling for a moment. We are, of course, grilling all summer long, right? So I'm arming you on the show over the last couple of weeks and all throughout the summer with everything you need to become a serious grill master. And that includes the sweeter side of barbecue. So let's talk about grilling fruit, seeing that the bricks level is so high and we should take advantage of a sweet summer. Grilling fruit is quick and easy, and I think it makes a wonderful addition to every grilled meal. It can be a beautiful accompaniment to meat, as I mentioned. It can be a delectable dessert. See, grilling causes the sugars, that extra high bricks level this summer, in the fruit to caramelize, which creates this new smoky concoction that reminds you of how decadent fruit can be. Now, you always want to brush whatever fruit you're grilling with a little bit of melted butter or olive oil because the cut side of the fruit, let's call it a peach, the exposed portion will stick to your grill. So you need to give it a little bit of fat. The fat adds another element, by the way. It adds this depth of flavor this flavor profile that's hard to be beat. And I will say it works beautifully with peaches and grapes and pineapple and plums and apricots and mangoes and so much more. Now, for a sweet affair of gorgeous desserts, you should always experiment with what you have. But when you're choosing your fruit, you want to go for ripe, but not soft or mushy when it goes on the grill. Now let's go back to those peaches for a minute. You simply have them. You brush them with melted butter or olive oil, depending upon what you're making or adding them to, sweet or savory. And you grill them cut side down until there are great grill marks and that smoky flavor is imparted. And you serve those grilled peaches, like I said, with grilled chicken. Or maybe you dice them into a salsa with jalapeno and red onion. Now, for dessert, I would brush the cut side of the peaches with melted butter, and then I dip them in brown sugar, and sometimes I season the brown sugar, chili powder, cayenne, uh, lime powder, lime zest, could be just about anything, and then you grill to perfection. And you can grill, by the way, just about any stone fruit. So again, plums, apricots, you could add a little bit of um, vanilla paste, For another level of complexity too. Ooh, yes, melt that into the butter. Okay. And then serve that sweet grilled fruit over a scoop of ice cream, maybe a big dollop of whipped cream, or if you have a tart palate like me, mascarpone or creme fraiche for a simple summer dessert. Beautiful. Now you could also cut a ripe pineapple in half or in quarters the long way so the core is still intact. Place that on the barbecue. Uh, You could season it with black pepper and a squeeze of lime juice and a drizzle of honey, and you could pair it with pork chops or a grilled pork tenderloin for the savory side. I happen to love doing it with that butter and brown sugar as well, 
and serving it with vanilla bean ice cream. Oh, it's so good. More ideas? Well, of course. Combine a handful of your favorite summer berries with a sprinkling of sugar and a drop of almond extract in a foil packet and put it directly on the grill. You'll wait five minutes and then you will carefully dump that fruity goodness over grilled pound cake. And yes, you will be the greatest grill master on your block. And then finally, no matter the season, you slice open a banana lengthwise, but you leave it in its peel and you bend it or extend it so that you can grill it with the cut side down on the grates for about two minutes. Yes, now you have a glorious grilled banana. You flip the banana over so it's nested in its peel and you add some chocolate chips or chopped dark chocolate or a spoonful of Nutella or a mixture of brown sugar and cinnamon or marshmallow fluff or graham cracker crumbs. And then you close the grill and you cook it a few minutes more and you have the ultimate killer s'mores dessert. Okay, that's enough because I've made myself hungry. You will find more delicious inspiration at chefjamie.com or please email me. Tell me what recipes you've created to celebrate the sweet summer of fruit. You can get to me direct, jamie at chefjamie.com. Okay, it's time for food news this week. Oh, yes. Do you remember when Twinkies went extinct in 2012 and packages were subsequently sold on eBay for hundreds and hundreds of dollars? In short, those were very uncertain times for Twinkie lovers now, weren't they? Well, not only did the Hostess Snack get a resurrection in 2013, but the company switched up its flavor strategy. So similar to, let's say, Oreo, Hostess is now releasing a bunch of limited edition versions of the product. And I will say they are great additions to the classic vanilla. Everything from red velvet to uh, a little more questionable, just so you know, uh, banana Twinkies. But it just came out that there is a brand new flavor of Twinkie on the market. Yes, it might thrill you. It's a Twinkie and a Reese's peanut butter cup rolled into one. It is a chocolate peanut butter Twinkie. Now, Twinkies has introduced this newest treat as part of an ongoing innovation effort and consumer demand, they say, for what are timeless pairings. So, it's a chocolate cake Twinkie filled with delicious peanut butter cream filling, and it's exciting to many. If you're curious about the new snack cake, boxes are officially out on store shelves rather now, and I hope you'll let me know how it is. And that is news you can use, don't you think? And do not touch your dial because the great Italian chef, PBS host Nick Stellino is sitting down to dish right after this. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio and we'll be right back. Buongiorno and welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. 20 plus years ago, I met a chef with overwhelming passion. 
It was my first television experience, one I am very grateful for, and for the friendships that have endured. After so many years, I am still so proud to call Nick Stellino my friend. The second season of Cooking with Nick Stellino marks his 20th anniversary on public television. And with every show, his love for food, Italian culture, and teaching shines through. Fueled by energy, passion, and entrepreneurial spirit, Nick went from Palermo to Wall Street, then began calling television production companies to make his dream of a TV series come true. And today, Nick Stellino has multiple television series to his credit, along with 13 published cookbooks. His cooking shows are seen on public television stations across the U.S. and syndicated throughout Latin America, and you've seen him on every morning show and in every publication. In 2011, the Red Cross recognized his efforts by giving Nick the Tiffany Award for the most humanitarian chef. And today, 20 plus years after his arrival on the national television scene, Nick continues to approach his work as an old fashioned artisan. He is in love with his craft. He is passionate about cooking and he enjoys the simple joys of life. And he is back to dish after way too long. Nick Stellino is in your radio. Buongiorno, my friend. How are you? Buongiorno, bellissima, um, and thank you. Say grazie. Oh, I'm so glad to have you back. Congratulations. Listen, I am so excited uh, talking to you because what the uh, audience at home does not know is that I wrote my first book inside <laughs> your mom's coffee shop. That's the right. coffee shop, long before there was Starbucks, long before there were all these big chains. Your mom was one of the great uh, Los Angeles entrepreneurs that started the culture here. That's true. It was very close to my home, and I wrote my first book there, and I remember seeing you there several times, and I'm thinking, look now, so many years later, here we are, both successful in our careers. What a great, thankful moment. Yeah, oh, it is. It's a blessed moment. And my mother had a wonderfully successful cafe and bakery you allude to, and it was amazing when we met again on Home and Family, that our paths had crossed prior. So it's a friendship of destiny, as I like to call it. Yes. Um, I am very proud of you, and you should be very proud of your accomplishments. You were recently inducted into the PBS All-Stars with uh, some other notables, you know, names that we might know, like Julia Child and Jacques Pepin. Amazing. This is, uh, uh, for me, is beyond what I expected ever to achieve in my career, because... Hmm. uh, I had no idea what I was doing at the very beginning of my career. I just had this enormous enthusiasm and this willfulness to sharing the stories and food with my viewers. In the process, I became uh, somewhat of a decent TV producer as well as the guy who performs in front of the camera. Right. But the ability to be able to tell a story and get people involved with the making of food with a joy in their heart and a smile on their face, to me, is the greatest payoff of my career. Well, and you've you've certainly seen continued success, and deservedly so. So tell us about the brand new TV series and companion cookbook, because you're continuing to teach what you love, and it's with such passion. When people speak about you, Nick, and in, in the culinary circles, it is no doubt you are spoken of with such love. Like, you can feel... The love in the dish, the love in the food, the love in the pan, it comes through. It always has. Thank you, Jimmy, for saying that because that is at the essence of what I try to do. And yes. It doesn't even come out by design. Within the context of the show, was for the first time in my life where I was very, very successful with uh, over 13 TV series uh, behind me, that I said to myself, 
I need to change and I need to make it different. The future mm. is ahead of us. I, when I say the future, I mean youth. And when I say youth, I mean these young people coming up in the world between now finding the first taste of adulthood between 25 and 45. I think that is where the future of our nation lies in and where the future of public television lies in. And we have to look at a way to communicate how we teach people how to do things in a new way. And one of the things that struck me is, as I travel, as I see my nephews, they spend a great deal of time with me, my family, my friends, or the children, I noticed that the telephone and the pads have become the new way on how people react, connect, and interact with videos, content of all sorts. And it was the moment that I decided that the style and the way in which the video of my new cooking show had to be filmed had to be completely different. We abandoned all sorts of television techniques. We went completely to a cinematographic look. Very high uh, uh, close-end shots where you see the food really being poured into the plate. You see the garlic almost surfing over the bubbles of the olive oil. And all interlaced here and there with very personal stories. And cut in such a way when within the context of a half hour, you find yourself writing this beautiful adventure that connects stories to wonderful recipes that you can make at home that very day, and at the same time leaving you smiling and joyful at the end of it. And I think that of all the stuff that I've done throughout all the years, this is my opus. Nick Delino, Storyteller in the Kitchen, is my opus. Wow. And, and it's coming through because the new series has been picked up everywhere and will be on public broadcasting across the country. And with the mention you made of the, the garlic surfing over the pan in the glistening olive oil, you made me hungry. So now we have to eat. Can we talk summer artichokes for a moment? Yes, absolutely. Artichokes to me is one of the most delightful ingredients. I know. You love them. So in Italian style, how should we prepare them? Well, there are different ways in which to do it. If we are lucky enough to get the baby artichokes, and unfortunately most of the markets these days don't carry it. So for those of you who are fortunate enough to live close to a place where your farmer's market go there, support your local farmers. The farmers are the most important section of our population. Without them, life as we know it does not exist. And the product that comes directly from the farmer is always better than what you buy at a supermarket. So if you're lucky enough to get a small uh, baby artichoke, just as before they open up, before they become, well, they are cut them in half, part boiling for about three minutes. Then after you cut them, scoop out the little bit of a choke, because no matter what you do, the choke is something that uh, you cannot digest well, and you can just scoop it out with a, a teaspoon. Brush them with some olive oil and put them right on the barbecue, about mm-hmm. four and a half minutes per side. If the artichokes are a little bit bigger than just the baby version, make sure you parboil them in lemon water for about three, and, uh, three to four minutes, just so you soften them up a little bit, and right. then go ahead and grill them. And I would say if you grill them, do not grill them over direct fire. Rather, set up the barbecue so that the heat comes completely, but shut off, if you have a gas barbecue, the side on which you cook the uh, artichoke, or if you do have a cold barbecue that you handle, make sure that you have an area where it's not direct heat because they cook better with gentle heat. And then when you take them out, just put on top some chopped uh, garlic, some parsley, some lemon juice, extra virgin olive oil. Say a little prayer to San Giovanni Sponsor and say to yourself, <laughs> Mamma mia, I'm going to gain weight just like Nick Stellino. <laughs> no, we're not going to gain weight from the artichokes, but I love grilled artichokes that way. And in the Italian style, with a really generous pour of olive oil over the garlic, 
uh, and all that flavor that comes through from the smokiness of the grill yeah. is like the perfect starter. And when you set them out on a big platter and you're a dining al fresco during the summer and everyone just sort of digs in and licks their fingers and it becomes communal eating, it does. there's so nothing better. The people don't know is how well artichoke goes with shrimp. Oh, and how well artichoke goes uh, with scallops. Nice For pairing. example, playing games here, just you and I, just for yes. fun. Uh, one of the treatments that people can do with the mature artichoke is go right to the heart of the artichoke. You need to peel off the leaves, and you've got to do the peeling portion, which takes a lot of patience. Remember, wear gloves, because the artichoke reacts to the acidity of our skin, and some of us have a tendency to get dark spots in the skin after you handle the artichoke. It's just a natural thing. It goes away within a matter of hours. But if you don't want to go through any of that, should you have that type of skin type, Smart. wear gloves as you do it. Once you get to the heart of the artichoke, parboil the heart for about uh, four minutes uh, in salted water, salted lemony water. Take it out. Then when you grill the shrimp on the barbecue, right next to it, grill, grill the, the, heart, the, uh, the artichoke heart. Oh, mamma mia. To the other side of the world. Oh, combined. I love it. More with my friend Nick Stellino, the storyteller in the kitchen, right after this. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Manja, manja, Chef Nick Stellino is here, and we are dishing on the most delicious Italian food. Okay, let's talk pasta for a moment, please. Yep. Your best pasta dish for warm weather. Please say vongole. Vongole is the number one to go. Actually, I invite everybody to go to nickstellino.com, and when you go to a click on Storyteller in the Kitchen, and it will take you to the page where we have the recipes. The first recipe, as a matter of fact, is pasta with vongole, all'essenziale. Your father's recipe, yes? Yes. Yes. And it does save you a lot of time because one of the things, and my father was psychotic about this, he always wanted the simplest, most formal yet most effective way of doing things. <laughs> so in this particular case, the secret of this particular recipe is in the fact that in the olive oil, you braise garlic and red pepper flakes so that the olive oil itself now becomes garlicky, becomes spicy. Yes. You then get rid of the garlic, get rid of the red pepper flakes, use the essence of that olive oil to saute the clams. And as you saute the clams, you deglaze them with white wine. Mm. If you want to, you can add a little bit of uh, chicken stock or fish stock if you happen to have it handy. Mm. And you have, within a matter of 10 minutes, the most flavorful sauce that you could possibly imagine. Oh, so good. Oh, you're making me salivate, literally. Two of us. I'm about to cook next. <laughs> you're about to cook Sunday supper. Can we come over? Everybody can come uh, over. Good, me, we're Sunday welcome. It's pasta day. I eat pasta once a week, and when I do it, I have uh, no limit. I okay. just go for it. So what is for dinner tonight? And leave us with your best pasta tip, please. Well, this is wonderful. Right now, for example, the tomatoes are starting to get sweet. And yes. there's a type of tomatoes uh, that in Sicily we call chiliagini, cherry tomatoes, a smaller one. Because of the fact that they're smaller in size, they're able to pack the enormous amount of flavor early in the season. So if you buy the bigger tomatoes like the Roma or the Marzano, one of the problems that you're going to have is they're really not up to season yet, but the cherry ones are explosive with sweetness. What I propose, get about a pound of it if you're just cooking for two people. Uh, simply add them to a pan with olive oil, garlic, the tomatoes whole. Just give them a quick wash just to get rid of whatever they might have, or dirt and all. Just toss them into the pan, salt, pepper. 
bring it to a boil over high heat, reduce it then down to simmer, cover it, walk away, let the pan steam for about 30 minutes. You come back to the freshest tomato sauce you've ever had, mm. adjust for salt, pepper and sugar if you need to, yes. bring out the pasta, and let's eat. And do you save water? I remember... Uh, learning pasta technique from you so many years ago. Lots yes. of salted, boiling yes, water. Good. The pasta goes in, yes, and then we always reserve a little bit if we need to extend the sauce. Exactly, and that is a fantastic... I'm so flattered you remember that. It's I learned that from Nick Stellino. <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud. Yes, the thing that people always sometimes forget about it is that in the pasta water, the starch, the right. starch is suspended. It's the molecular form within the context of the water underneath several layers of it. This starch has the ability not only to expand and thicken, but also at the same time to carry on the flavors of what is injected into it. So independently if it's a pasta sauce that you make, if it's a fish sauce, if it's a soup, pasta water, when added, not only expands the volume, but it does not water down the taste because the starch absorbs it and expands it within its own realm. It's a very effective way to elongate something and still maintain the flavor. Yeah, it's one of the best tips amongst many that you've taught me, and you continue to teach us your passion, your technique, and your absolute sheer love of cooking. And for that, I am so grateful to call you my friend, Nick. Um, I want to make a mention, because this is very important. Um, Having been too long since you have graced this show, and to share your anniversary on public television with the new show having just released for renewal, right? Yes. You are sharing uh, with my listeners... Um, a, a very special giveaway. And I don't do this often, in fact, not at all. And my very loyal food-loving audience knows that. But do tell. You're sharing your new well, e-cookbook. I, I think that your audience deserves to get something special for having the taste of listening to your show. <laughs> well, thank uh, you. To them, you might just be a personality whose wonderful voice uh, you know, comes through the air. I thank know you, you as the person that you are. I know you. what you've achieved, how mm-hmm. hard you've worked at it, and the dedication that both you and your mom have had in making this a reality. Yes, thank to you. To me, it's an and honor to, to be on your show. And I wanted to do something substantial because... I don't think that if it was not for your mom's place where I could hide and write this thing, it was my first book, Cucina More, I would not have come this far in my career. So as a way to say thank you for all the great things that you represent in my memory, to you and everyone that listens to your show, I would like to donate a free copy of my electronic cookbook, uh, Nick Stellino, Storyteller in the Kitchen. Uh, There will be a link that will be posted on your site where people will be able to download it for free. Not a single penny attached to it for free, all the way, I think, until the 30th of July. Okay. And within the context of that, this book will download in a PDF file, meaning that will go with every operating system uh, that people have, right. being Android, being PC, being Apple, and it's loaded up with videos, meaning that whatever the recipes you choose, in addition to the directions in writing, if you like to you click on it, you'll be able to watch the video. That's and thank fabulous. you for supporting Jamie. Yeah, thank and thank you. you for giving me the opportunity to share what I believe is my best work ever with so many people that I know will appreciate it. Well, I'm very proud of you and uh, will always support. And thank you for being generous to share the cookbook in its entirety. It is, as Nick said, in a PDF. You can share it with your friends. You can have it on every device. You will have Nick Stellino standing by when you are craving phenomenal Italian food. You have a teacher there for you in video and in prose form. Please visit chefjamie.com. 
nixdelino.com. Visit nixdelino.com. You will find a link through my site and through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram directly so that you can download Nick Stellino's ebook for free for a limited time because you are a loyal listener and because you love fabulous food. And then, of course, you'll need to follow Nick at nixdelino.com and then on Facebook at Nick Stellino and on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Stellino so that you too can celebrate the 20th anniversary of Nick Stellino on public television, his extraordinary career as a television chef and cookbook author, sharing the love of his uh, true uh, Italian flair and style and his teaching and just tremendous passion. I will tell you, you too, uh, if you're not already, will become a lifelong fan. Please give my love to Nancy. Nick, I give you a big hug. Grazie, grazie, grazie. Thank you. Congratulations on PBS All-Stars. Well-deserved. Thank you so much. And on the new series and the release on PBS and for the generous offer of the free ebook, We're grateful. Thank you. Thank and you. I look forward to come back with something more. Yes, something good before the end of the summer. We'll and so. I'm putting artichokes on the barbecue tonight. Arrivederci a tutti. Remember, pasta makes you smile. Yes, it does. Grazie, signore. Ciao. Grazie. Ciao, ciao. As the delicious conversation continues, we do have the best culinary thinkers on this show. And I am proud to say I have friends in high places. And oh, how I love sharing their passion with you. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. The delicious conversation continues right after this. Welcome back and cheers, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. So you love wine and you've heard me wax poetic about it with winemakers and psalms over the years on this show. But do you really sip confidently? The book is a tremendous read. It is called Wine All the Time, The Casual Guide to Confident Drinking. And Bon Appetit wine editor Marissa A. Ross is here. I'm glad to have you. Hi, Marissa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes, of course. Thank you for being here. Okay, you're a very funny girl, and you drink wine, so I like to say we can definitely be friends. Yeah. Yes, for absolutely. sure. Okay, good. Um, you drink yes. wine for a Those living. Those are like really the two qualifiers. Because <laughs> you, as long as you like humor, and you're, you don't mind me cussing a little bit, and you're fine drinking bottles on bottles, yes, fast friends. <laughs> okay, good. And uh, per the photograph on the homepage of your website, the blog Wine All the Time, drinking direct, direct from the bottle is sometimes allowed. Yes, I, I, I encourage it. I think <laughs> I, every bottle that I review, um, it does have to undergo the Ross test, which yes. is whether or not you can chug it. Not the whole thing. There's like a, there's, there's a, there's a, quaint misunderstanding where they're like, you can't drink a whole bottle of wine from the bottle. That's crazy. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just seeing if you can swig it. Because there's some wines that you can swig and there's other wines you can't. And sometimes you're having a good day. Sometimes you're having a bad day. Sometimes you just don't have any clean glasses. Um, <laughs> and so it's a good thing to know, I think. <laughs> I, I have to agree. Um, share your story. How does someone go from frequent wine drinker, casual, by the way, like, you know, experienced wine drinker, for fun and blog and thrill and sharing to wine editor at Bon Appetit. Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a crazy turn of events, I will say that. Um, I started at the bottom of the barrel, like two buck chuck. You know, I was so broke when I moved to L.A. that there wasn't really much else of a choice. 
and but slowly but surely, you know, from the time I was like 22, um, I started saying, all right, well, if I like this $3 wine, I'll probably like a $5 wine. Oh, my gosh, this $5 wine, is, how is this so much better? Wait, a $10 wine must be even better. And I just sort of gained this curiosity, and I started documenting this curiosity I had for it on my blog called Wine All the Time. And no one read it. It was just for me. Um, I'd get like 14 hits a month, and who knows if those hits were actually just me going back and like proofreading my own stuff. <laughs> Who's to say? Um, and then in February of 2015, um, Grub Street, you know, New York Magazine's uh, food website, yes. um, they found it, and they and it sort of exploded overnight. More to make you the ultimate on a file right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Cheers. Marissa A. Ross is here. The award-winning blogger of wine all the time and a wine editor as well. Share, if you would, your favorite regions to drink from for your palate. So I love Beaujolais um, and I love the Loire. I love light French reds um, and both those regions are ripe in those. Um, and I also love, I'm really, I'm just started kind of exploring more of Italy and I've been really into um, wines from Abruzzo lately. Mm. Um, and I also love, uh, I mean, I still love California wines. I can't help it. My home state. Uh, but, and I, yeah. You're loyal. Delicious. I love most wines, though. It's like, how do you pick, how do you pick just one thing? It's so, they're just so good. Well, <laughs> if you see it as an adventure, which I think from reading your book, that's what I garnered yes. you see it as an adventure to taste wine to learn something new and I think that's what's so approachable about your style is that it is a forever learning curve and you're yeah. constantly I mean, tasting even when you know a lot like I mean I know a lot about wine and I I don't I, I would never call myself like an expert I think that it's impossible to be an expert in wine because every Every day, there's winemakers doing new, incredible things in regions that you never thought. You know, like, I just had, like, a, un, you know, I've been drinking this, like, unfiltered Gruner Veltliner from the Czech Republic. Oh, groovy. Know, like, who, That's groovy. Yeah, and it's like, who, who would have thought that? You right. know, like, I didn't know that that was a thing. And, and it is true. I think it's, like, an adventure. Every bottle, I think every bottle has a story and a character to it. And um, I just find them so fascinating and um, delicious. For sure. Which I guess is the best part. Is, is the best part. I love Gruner as well. So for those that have an opposite palate as you, which would be me, the one who would like to eat dessert first, because life is very uncertain, um, much more like big, bold fruit, uh, more richness, big butter, uh, you know, sweeter side, what would be the, yeah. the conflicting palate to yours? What would you recommend I drink? Well, it sounds like you probably would really like Rieslings. Yes, I um, do. Yeah, I, oh, I would know me that. so well. I would say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I would also say you probably like uh, some ice wines probably mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And you probably really like California Chardonnay maybe. I do. Um, yeah, and, and also, uh, what else? And you probably are very into, maybe you even like Malbec. Argentinian Malbec, not yes. French Malbec. Yes. If you like that bigger fruit. The bigger, the better um, out of the bottle. Oh, wow. Oh, I yes. Yeah, we are, 
I love this. I, sh- I need to send you all the wine that I get sent, and I'm like, I can't drink all this Merlot. <laughs> Too big for me. Okay, that would be good. Let's say we're yeah. planning um, a summer shindig because you talk about the best damn dinner party ever. Uh, <laughs> would you give us some suggestions to find the best bottle based on budget and occasion? Um, yeah, so if we're talking about like summertime, like barbecue status, I love Lambrusco. I think that Lambrusco is like extremely mm. underrated in terms of a barbecue wine. Um, it goes with everything, like from cheeseburgers to spare ribs, like anything you're going to throw on the grill. Like Lambrusco has like the, the tannin to uh, hold up to those you know, denser meats, but it's also like cold and refreshing and has a nice acidity to it still. So it kind of cuts through that grease or maybe if you're, you know, your barbecue sauce is on the sweeter side. So that's like my go-to summer barbecue bottle. I love that. And, and I have to agree with you, very uh, unknown and underrated. So right. it, it, they're so good. I'm yes. like, how is everyone not drinking these? As my husband says, it, um, it under promises and over delivers. Yes, yes. I think that I think the problem with Lambrusco is that people still think it's like that sweet stuff from the seventies. Table that, wine that couldn't be further. Yes, yes, and it's so not that. Couldn't um, be further. And from I love like truth. surprising people with Lambrusco, like bringing it to their house because it is a bit like it's it's festive too, you know. So if you're having a cool get together, um, it adds a little bit of uh, like a party vibe to it. Well, cheers to that. I hope that we can toast soon. Uh, I congratulate you on all your success, your passion and your perseverance. No doubt shines through. Thank you so much. And the book is a wonderful read. It is an utterly accessible, comprehensive guide to wine where Marissa walks you through the ins and outs of wine culture. It's told from a very comedic voice and there's no doubt that her very funny side comes through and you learn about wine culture along the way, uh, weaving in all, all the lessons from her blog, Wine All the Time. You will be sipping confidently and laughing all the way through. It's the casual guide to confident drinking called Wine All the Time, the first published release from the blogger of WineAllTheTime.com and now, of course, the contributing editor and wine writer for Bon Appetit magazine. You can follow Marissa at Marissa A. Ross and find out what she's drinking today. And Marissa, you're welcome back anytime. So when you find your next most wonderful wine find, I'd love to have you back. Yes, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of delicious conversation. I hope that I did feed your soul and that you'll tune in every Sunday and join me at the table. You can always find me serving up seconds at chefjamie.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at chefjamiegwen. And I'll leave you with my last bite for the day. You know I'm a girl at the grill. And I do believe you can grill just about anything. Now, we talk grilled fruit at the start of the show, but you can treat your grill like an oven, make an apple crisp. You can grill the perfect steak and veggies too, of course. But have you ever grilled popcorn? It's sort of like those campfire nights that you remember, just no tent. Popcorn is a natural for the grill, and it's a really fun way to spend an evening and reminisce about the 
good old campfire days. So to grill popcorn, you need a disposable aluminum pie pan. You'll place a tablespoon of vegetable oil in it, add a quarter cup of popcorn kernels, and you will seal the pan in aluminum foil, making a domed shape on top. You might need to use two sheets of foil. And then you grill over high heat on the barbecue. Once you hear the kernel start to pop, you want to shake it. Yes, you're making your own simulated jiffy pop. And it takes about six to eight minutes, let's say. As soon as you hear the popping stop, then pull it from the grill so that it doesn't burn. Carefully remove the foil and season as you like. And then sit and rejoice with grilled popcorn off the barbecue. I'll meet you here next Sunday for more fabulous food in your radio. I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off, and I hope you continue to eat well.